Welcome to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Jim Thorpe's story is an inspiration to just about everyone. But for one rapper in Minneapolis, Thorpe's influence goes deeper. Tall Paul weaves his own triumphs and struggles into his album that drops today, the story of Jim Thorpe. We're going to hear from Tall Paul today about his artistic journey with the greatest athlete of all time. We're back after the news. Great. Told his children decades later, Charlie was his strength. Inspired him surpassing competition in his name. It's like he had his brother's spirit flowing through his... This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission has approved decommissioning of Pacific Core Klamath Dams in Northern California. It comes after years of demands from tribes and environmental groups. Christina Onestead reports. The largest dam demolition and river restoration plan in the world is closer to becoming reality. U.S. regulators approved the removal of the Pacific Corps' four aging Klamath Dam structures. It will reopen hundreds of miles of California River to imperiled salmon. Richard Glick is chair of FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. The dam removals make, make sense in large part um, as it relates to um, fish and wildlife protection. Um, I think also there's a discussion in the order regarding the impact on tribes and the ability for tribes to be able to, 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 to essentially have their um, practices and traditions improved as it relates to water quality issues, fisheries, and other resources. I think it's a very important issue. Decommissioning the Klamath Dam will also return the lower half of California's second largest river to a free-flowing state for the first time in more than a century. Preparations will begin in 2023 with decommissioning by 2024. I'm Christina Onestead for National Native News in California. The Navajo Nation Council has chosen a new speaker. As Arizona Public Radio's Ryan Heinches reports, it follows the resignation of the former legislative leader just days before the November election. Delegates elected Otto So as speaker during a special session in the tribal capital of Window Rock. He'll lead the 24th Navajo Nation Council in its final days before the next one is seated in January. Navajo Chief Justice Joanne Jane administered the oath of office in council chambers Wednesday and so pledged to continue providing vital services to the tribe and to create a smooth transition into the next council. He'll head all departments and programs in the Navajo Nation's legislative branch. So represents Tuba City, the reservation's largest community, and has served on multiple committees, including as vice chair of the Law and Order Committee. It comes after Seth Damon's resignation as speaker earlier this month. In October, he was photographed slumped over and appearing inebriated in front of a gambling machine in Las Vegas while on a family trip. He later admitted to being intoxicated and resigned as speaker as the council considered legislation sponsored by So to put him on indefinite leave. So will serve until January 10th, 2023, when the next council begins and delegates will again elect a speaker. For National Native News, I'm Ryan Heinches in Flagstaff, Arizona. Longtime South Dakota water protector and pipeline opponent Joy Braun has passed away. South Dakota Public Broadcasting's C.J. Keen has more. Braun, a citizen of the Cheyenne River Sioux Nation, passed away in her home at the age of 53. 
Braun was an organizer for the Indigenous Environmental Network. A statement from the organization says Braun was a proud servant for her people. She was a nonviolent direct action organizer who trained hundreds of people over the years. Her work, including organizing a protest against the Keystone XL pipeline near Cannonball, North Dakota in 2016. Friend of Braun and fellow activist Madonna Thunderhawk says Braun was an authority outside the public eye. She kept track of behind the scenes what the different corporations were doing, what the legislative issues are, and those types of things that had to do with public utilities, those kinds of legislative updates. She kept up with that. She did the research, and she stayed current, and she kept uh, the rest of us in the know. She made her her place in the protection of our world as, as Indigenous people of this land. Funeral arrangements for Braun have not yet been announced. I'm C.J. Keen. And I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. November is National Epilepsy Awareness Month. Did you know one in 10 people will have a seizure? Call 1-800-332-1000 to learn more. The Epilepsy Foundation supports this show. Make sure your holiday checklist includes avoiding the latest holiday scams. Scammers count on you being too busy and distracted to pay attention, so visit aarp.org slash holiday scams to get up-to-date tips on the latest scams. AARP supports this show. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Legendary Sack and Fox athlete Jim Thorpe broke many barriers while also breaking athletic records during his life in the early 20th century. His legacy of achievements continues to inspire Native and non-Native people alike. And perhaps no one is as inspired as Anishinaabe and Oneida hip-hop artist Tall Paul, whose album The Story of Jim Thorpe drops today. It's a hip-hop biography of Jim Thorpe, but it's just as much an autobiography of the rapper's upbringing in South Minneapolis. How trauma, sports, culture, and the search for role models all came together to make him who he is today. On the show today, we'll speak with Tall Paul about the new album, his life and career, and of course, Jim Thorpe. Of course, we welcome you to the conversation. Is Jim Thorpe an inspiration for you? Do you remember when you first learned about Jim Thorpe? Are you a fan of Tall Paul? Join our conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Or you can post on our social media pages. Our handle is 1-800-99-NATIVE. All right, let's do this. Speaking with us now from Minneapolis, Minnesota, is the one and only Tall Paul. He's a hip-hop artist, inspirational speaker, workshop facilitator, and more. He's an enrolled member of the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe Tribe, and he's also Oneida. Paul, it is great to have you on the show today. Congratulations, brother, on the new album. And we sure do appreciate you letting us be a part of the release day for the story of Jim Thorpe. Thank you so much, Sean. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's been a very exciting uh, process, and I just feel relieved that the album's out. You know, it's five years in the making, definitely a labor of love. 
and I'm just, you know, feeling fulfilled now that it's out there for the world to hear. We've got so much to talk about today with the album and your career, but let's start with acknowledging the man who is often referred to as the world's greatest athlete. Tall Paul, when did you first learn about Jim Thorpe and, and what motivated an entire album about his life and his legacy? Yeah, so I was about 10 years old when I first learned about him. And, you know, I'm a big Minnesota sports fan, Kevin Garnett, Randy Moss. And uh, I started wondering, you know, why, why aren't there any natives on TV? And this is back in, you know, the 90s. So, you know, much different time than now. And I started doing some research in the school library. And I found out about this guy, Jim Thorpe, 1912 Olympic gold medalist, NFL Hall of Famer, Major League Baseball player, ballroom dance champion, like so random. I'm like, man, this guy is super talented. And this is in a time where, you know, there wasn't as much representation for us as Native people in the media as there is now. So, uh, you know, that absence of us kind of got into my head subconsciously, like, okay, maybe we aren't as competent or something like that. You know, just being an impressionable young kid, that lack of representation mattered. And uh, so that's what inspired me to make this album. I'm like, more people need to know about Jim Thorpe and his legacy and how great he was at what he did. And uh, it's all about representation. That That's what inspired me to make this album, for sure. Yeah, more people really do need to know about Jim Thorpe. And I, I can tell I'm getting older, Paul, because I'm from that generation that, uh, you know, I still remember, like, people would talk more about Jim Thorpe when, when I was a kid because he was still, like, I remember my grandfather saw him do an exhibition uh, at Haskell Stadium back in the 1920s. Like, he actually saw Jim Thorpe. You remember telling me that story of him and George Levi standing on opposite sides of the field and, like, throwing the ball and kicking and things like that. But as uh, as time goes on, it, it seems like just not as many uh, young Native people are, are growing up learning those stories about Jim Thorpe. And you mentioned you, you first learned about him on the Internet. About how old were you, Paul, when you, when you first looked him up? I was about 10 or 12 years old, yeah. So it was, uh, it was in a school library. I think I, this is back when I first started getting familiar with uh, computers. You know, this is like number munchers and stuff like that. But uh, um, <laughs> I think it was mainly in books that I discovered him. But, yeah, I think I used the computer to kind of find a find a book on him in, inside the school library. And, yeah, that's just, you know, when that fire was lit inside of me, you know, and just understanding how legendary he was as an athlete. But also, you know, being an activist for Native actors and just people of color in general. I read stories about him standing up for African-American athletes who were being, you know, not fairly treated in professional football and then, uh, you know, being a voice for making sure that Native actors were able to be represented by Native, our Native roles were represented by Native actors in the movies, you know, and, you know, not just plugging some white guy in as a Native role and putting, a, you know, head, uh, some type of adornment on his head or something, you know. So, yeah, I mean, he, he just really inspired me, his story. He is I think what amazes me about Jim, like like you mentioned, he had all these talents, the ballroom dancing and, and involved in in films and 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 I really think when we we think of our our, our Native American historical figures and and you think we think of the the great chiefs and those great people from the eighteen hundreds, those those great leaders. But I think from like nineteen hundred on until the present day, I, I don't think there's any Native American person that's as famous. And, and who's been more historically significant than Jim Thorpe. I mean, he's just, he's a, he was a worldwide superstar. And people like Jim Thorpe kind of, they, they built what we think of now. Like, I, I know in some of your songs, you mentioned how you grew up, and, and the only people you would hear talk, spoken about were like Tyson and, and Jordan and Jackson. 
And yet people like Jim Thorpe, they, they created what we think of now as the, the, the current contemporary athletic superstar. The, you know, people like Jim Thorpe were, 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 were what created that. And do you think he's every bit as relevant now to us as Native people as he would have been when he lived more than 100 years ago or when he was competing more than 100 years ago? Yeah, um, and that's tough. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't. I guess I don't know if he'll. I mean, it's hard to say that that particular question. But I do like you know, like you were saying, you know, um, the representation, like his, his prevalence is coming back. I know a few years ago they were talking about doing a movie. I don't know if that's still in the works. But you know, I see a lot of uh, clothing lines coming up, coming out with clothes related to him, such as you know the natives in TVS. Shout out to them think they're based here in the Twin Cities as well. I see a lot of him uh, coming back, being represented in different ways, and it's, it's great to see. And, you know, me with this album, I just wanted to be able to extend upon that. And just, yeah, I mean, his accomplishments from back then, you know, I think about today compared to back then, and I feel like he was like the LeBron James back then. He was like the NFL's first superstar, you know, and Right. And he's acknowledged as the NFL's first su- superstar. He was the first president of the league that became the NFL. Um, he uh, captained and played for and coached the only NFL team that was all Native American, the Oorang Indians. And, yeah, I mean, just being the sports first superstar, he made the NFL possible. And a lot of people overlook that and don't understand that because they haven't learned that history, you know, because prior to Natives getting into the game of football, you know, they talked about our native NFL teams or our native uh, college football teams back in those days being much more athletic and more, you know, razzle-dazzle. And that's kind of what's exciting about the NFL today is the offensive aspect of, you know, throwing the ball, um, trick plays, everything. And natives made that prevalent in football and took it from, you know, something that resembled rugby, where it's just, you know, big piles of big brute guys and made it into an exciting game where they're throwing the ball through the air and not just sanding it off. And, you know, they're pitching the ball backwards. They're doing these crazy moves and stuff like that, uh, different plays um, that make the game exciting today. So a lot of people do need to know that, yeah, Natives definitely had that impact on the game, and Jim Thorpe was among the first. So, yeah. Well, in those days, too, they, they had to play every position, offense, defense. They had to be able to kick. I mean, Thorpe was just as great on defense as he was on offense. He could tackle. I mean, he could just do it all, all on the field. Uh, wow, just just an amazing, amazing individual. And we're going to play some songs uh, from from the album here, but unfortunately we're going to have to take a break here before too long, so I don't want to have to cut his song uh, in half, Paul. But tell us a little bit more uh, about the whole process of creating the album. You said it took five years. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely wasn't working. <clears throat> I wasn't working on the album that entire five years. It was a very scholarly process. I had to read books. I had to watch documentaries. Um, I had to look at interviews on YouTube. I even had got contact information for one of his last living children. This was a few years back. I'm not sure if he's still with us, but I actually got contact information for his caretaker that never Never panned out, you know, I reached out to her a few times and uh, it just never, never happened. But, you know, I did some scholarly work, you know, it felt almost like a school process, something similar to writing a paper because I'm telling these stories, I'm writing these raps in chronological order, making sure I'm getting um, historical information correct, even down to the pronunciations of different things. So uh, that that was 
very much how the process was. And for that reason, I kind of needed a break sometimes, you know, it was almost like going to school where you take the summer off and, you know, you take some time off here and there. And so over the course of five years, I did that and it finally culminated to the album being released today. But yeah, the process was very scholarly. It felt like being in school again, but it was, uh, I also enjoyed school, you know, when I was able to study the subject matters that I enjoyed. So it was definitely an, uh, an enjoyable process as well. Now you yourself, Paul, you played football growing up. Um, how, how many years did you play? I played organized football for about four years or so for Martin Luther King Park. And then by the time I got into high school, I kind of started making some poor decisions and things of that nature. But my ninth grade year, I actually played park football. They called us the midgets, uh, ironically. You know, we're the oldest age group. I think it was 14 and 15 years old. But that was called the Midget League in the park board. And, uh, yeah, so I played my freshman year, but it was for a park board league and then didn't play against after that. We are speaking now with Anishinaabe and Oneida hip-hop artist Tall Paul. His brand-new album, The Story of Jim Thorpe, it drops today, and we have him here on Native America Calling. He's telling us uh, about the legacy of Jim Thorpe, and uh, we're going to play a song from that album as soon as we come back from this break. Uh, if you want to give us a call, any listeners that are interested in chatting with Tall Paul, if you're a fan, if you're from the, the Minneapolis area or Minnesota, you're probably familiar with Tall Paul. He's been out there uh, performing and, and doing rap and other types of music uh, for a long time. He's, he's somewhat of a legend there in that area. So please give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. Uh, we are talking again about the story of Jim Thorpe, this brand-new album just released today by Tall Paul. Stay with us. We're going to play some music when we come back. Powerlifting attracts a special kind of athlete. Strong, yes, but also driven by their own internal determination. It takes mental focus and stamina. It's attracting a larger female base, and we'll talk to indigenous women who are making waves in the male-dominated sport. That's on the next Native America Calling. Do you have a holiday checklist? Make sure it includes avoiding the latest holiday scams. Scammers count on you being too busy and distracted to pay attention. But research shows if you know about a scam, you're 80% less likely to engage in it. Visit aarp.org slash holiday scams to get up-to-date tips on charity scams, online shopping scams, package scams, and more. That's aarp.org slash holiday scams. AARP supports this show. Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We are speaking with Anishinaabe and Oneida hip-hop artist Tall Paul about his new album titled The Story of Jim Thorpe that was released today and is streaming on all platforms. If you want to join our conversation, you can do so by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Let's go ahead and take a listen to one of the tracks on the new album right now. This song is titled No Place for young men, tall Paul. Mm-hmm. 
When Jim and Charlie were six years old, Hiram took him down to the boarding school. As a foster kid and a native father, I was forced to think that he was more than fool. Being placed with strangers is a race of danger. The erasure angle is a Mormon tool. Two points of hangers, two prey to save us, so they just enslaved this thing called a school. Couldn't believe that a native dad would have ever cared for his kids being sent to a place like this. Not until I read about it being commonplace, cause they thought an education would right this ship. Send them off the reservation, get them all educated, then they'll come back home and help us win. Gotta beat the pale face at his game if you ever want a real chance to save your kin. Hiram was only looking out for the best of his sons, and really that makes me bubble. The fact that he had a backtrack, that he had a cuss like his sons needs to milk the struggle. Hate to say it, but it kind of worked. Don't negate a change, it made Jim berserk. Being six years older, not understanding why you feel abandonment, it had to hurt. Charlie excelled, but Jim expelled home 23 miles back down the trail. Ran from the second Fox border school just to be sent back, fam, that's an L. At least he had a twin that'll lean on. Charlie was the one who helped him be strong. Yet again, he wanted where you be gone just to get sent back again, it wouldn't be long. It was not a good place for a young man. Try to run away and fall in the quicksand. I hope you have a strong heart that can withstand. Because it's not a good place for a young man. It was not a good place for a young man. Try to run away and fall in the quicksand. I hope you have a strong heart that can withstand. Because it's not a good place. Back at school, running a fail. Jim didn't care to come out of his shell. Leaned on Charlie for the help to heal. He could count on twin because he kept it real. Said that his dad been a man from home. Though we came to understand still what's the deal. Stuck at a standstill, much for meals. He was blessed with real, so we had to peel. Suppose it only helped, he had a love for thrill. 23 miles back was a trot. And nine years old, he could have carried the rock. Like Jonas Metoxin on his meta ox. Ran through the miles like an eight-man box. Lots of kids today couldn't feel them socks. Damn right, he got respect from his pops. That's why he taught him how to farm the plot. Back at home, dad let him stay a while. Even got to hang with his friends and play still he was different he was not like they shot his first deer at a real young age running jumping fishing hunting roping cattle getting money wrangling horses in the country for survival nothing funny all of this by nine years old Hiram taught Jim to be hungry by example and through stories of Chief Blackhawk's greatest glories feeling cruddy stilly humbly sent his buddy on the way back to school to be with brother Charlie and to find his way it was not a good place for the young man Try to run away and fall in the quicksand I hope you have a strong heart that can withstand Because it's not a good place for a young man It was not a good place for a young man Try to run away and fall in the quicksand I hope you have a strong heart that can withstand Because it's not a good place That song is titled No Place for Young Men. It's on the new album, The Story of Jim Thorpe by Tall Paul. Paul, wow, wow, what a track. I mean, you just nailed it. And you really did your homework there. I mean, yeah, you know, his dad, Hiram, his twin brother, Charlie. Uh, there's so much information in there, and it's just such a such a cool way to, to reflect and, and interpret the life of Jim Thorpe. Good job. Once again, Paul, congratulations on, on a really, really good sound. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's probably my favorite song from the album, so thank you for playing it. It's tough. There's a few of them on there that I really enjoy the most, but yeah, you know, I just thought it's so important to make sure that people know about, you know, the background to his story as well. Everybody knows, or not everybody, but people who know about him know he's an Olympic gold medalist. Not everybody knows that he had a twin brother who passed away from pneumonia or 
you know, not everybody knows much about his father, Hiram, and how much um, how much an impact he had on Jim's development as a young man and who he became as an athlete and superstar of that time. So, yeah, I just thought it was very important to kind of paint a picture of his life outside of sports as well. I know Hiram Thorpe himself was, was a great athlete. I think he was like a champion wrestler there in the community. And what, I think my favorite line or one of my favorite lines in that song is, um, when you're referencing how Hiram sent the two boys off to boarding school and just, you know, how messed up boarding school was, but then you have that line, I hate to say it, but it kind of worked. And and I, I think that's so poignant because, um, uh, yeah, you know, we hear so much criticism of, of the boarding school era now and, and rightfully so, uh, the travesties that occurred, but at the same time, we have to acknowledge that that world gave us Jim Thorpe. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely, you know, it definitely was a big part of, you know, giving us Jim Thorpe for sure. And I can also relate to that mindset, you know, just thinking of being a father, um, you know, so looking at it from a father's perspective, I can respect now why Hiram sent his kids to boarding schools, you know, because he recognized that we were entering a new era in American history and you know, the, uh, our lives were not going to be the same. He said, you know, my kids need to uh, keep up with these these European kids and uh, learn the same things they're learning so that they can come back to their community and apply that at home with their native community, you know, and and a lot of that still occurs today, you know, kids kids leave the res and go to college for these same kind of reasons and then go back and maybe they go become a lawyer or a doctor and then go back and represent their people in those ways on the reservation or their other communities. So, yeah, I can uh, definitely respect that. And just like you said, you know, uh, it, it was a tough situation definitely for them to go through. And I can relate on a certain level because I think of foster care as like the modern day boarding school when I've had some experience in that area. So it's a tough situation. But at the same time, um, you know, there are some benefits that come from all situations. Well, what you just said, foster home, the modern day boarding school, uh, you're, you're right on the mark with that. And that's also a, another lyric from one of your other songs I noticed as well. So I took a note of that because that was another one of those lyrics that just really struck out and, and resonated with me. And Paul, uh, we did have one caller already. His name's Ralph. Unfortunately, he, he can't join us on the air, but he was listening on KUNM in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And he wants to congratulate you on your work. He really appreciates uh, everything that you're doing in this new album, The Story of Jim Thorpe. And uh, Paul, a big part of this album is not just the legacy of Jim Thorpe, but also your own personal story and how you interweave it with, with Jim Thorpe and, and this connection that you have with Jim Thorpe. And, and talk more about that, your own personal connection to this historic figure that, that you know, accomplished all these things so long ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank, thank you, Ralph, for the congratulations as well. And then, uh, yeah, as far as like my connection, you know, I saw myself in Jim Thorpe not only as an athlete, but some of his struggles, you know, like the, uh, you know, I, I read and heard about his, his struggles with alcohol and things of that nature. And I actually went through something like that myself in my early years. When I was younger, I struggled with alcohol, you know, and then um, that that was something that came back to me when I thought about his story. I'm like, yeah, he, he struggled with alcohol too, you know, and so, so it made me feel like I could relate to him on a more personal level as a Native man, just out, not not only restricted to athletics and, you know, being a football player, but, you know, these personal struggles. Another thing I've read is, you know, he was married several times, you know, so, I mean, 
that signals probably some uh, relationship struggles, you know what I mean? And I can relate to some of that as well. Um, as a young man, you know, um, I didn't have examples of what a good father looked like or even what necessarily a healthy mother looked like. Um, I was exposed to a lot of, like, relationship violence and things like that as a kid. So some of that kind of found its way into my life as I got older and tried to, you know, figure out how how to be a man and how to be a partner and things of that nature. And when I was younger, I used to wonder, like, man, I wonder if I'm ever going to be able to have a completely healthy relationship and stuff like that. And so I seen myself in them ways, and that's kind of getting on a personal note there, but uh, I don't mind speaking on those things because it's important for people to hear that we can heal, you know, and I've, I've now been with my lady that I'm with now and who I plan to marry. Um, I've been with her for almost uh, almost seven years. Uh, yeah, so we're coming up on seven years, seven years pretty soon here, and, you know, I love her, and, and I finally found that for myself, so hearing his story and his struggles, you know, as a native man growing up in the environment he did and how it impacted him in some negative ways, whether it was alcohol or whatnot, uh, I connected to him on a more personal level. So yeah, that, that, that's a, an extension of, you know, how he inspired me. Well, congratulations on, on your own uh, relationship and, and your personal success. And I know that you've kind of retraced some of Jim Thorpe's footsteps. You, you traveled down to Oklahoma to that area, I think around Stroud, Oklahoma, where he was originally. And you also went to his grave in, uh, in, in Pennsylvania. Talk about that. Yeah, that was amazing. So I got this grant from First People's Fund. Shout out to them. I got a grant to uh, do a music video for this album, and I did it for the song called Someone Great Who Looked Like Me. And, uh, yeah, so myself, my my girlfriend, and uh, a videographer or um, a video producer by the name of Mercy May, we all got a rental car, and we took a cross-country trip from here down to Kansas and Oklahoma, and then we went all the way to Pennsylvania. But, uh, yeah, so I stopped at Haskell because uh, Jim Thorpe was at Haskell when it was a boarding school in his early years, and that's where he met Chauncey Archiquette, who was an early football star there and who actually inspired Jim Thorpe to really get into football. So I got to go there and film part of the music video on the football field, and I actually had a personal connection to a guy who lived in that area because he had come to my job at the time, like seven years ago. Well, actually, this video was shot about four or five years ago, but I had met this guy a few years before that who came to my school where I worked at and spoke to our youth, and I connected with him. He was able to connect me with uh, some community members down there in, in Haskell, at Haskell, and uh, and uh, got some young Native kids out there on the field to play football with, you know, for the video, so you'll see that in the video. And then uh, we went down to Yale, Oklahoma, to the house that Jim Thorpe owned with his uh, first wife, Iva, where they had their first firstborn baby. And, uh, yeah, and, and that his house is actually a museum now, so it's pretty cool. I got to go in there, and you actually see some of his, family belongings in there from, you know, from things like his uh, wife at the time's dresses and, you know, photos of their family, some of the original furniture. Uh, you see stuff like the Wheaties box he was featured on and his medals from Carlisle Industrial School. A lot of cool stuff to see in there. So, yeah, we went there and uh, that was more so we didn't do much video for the music video. That was more so vlogs. I was kind of doing some video vlogs there. 
And, uh, yeah, went to uh, Prague, Oklahoma, which is where he was born, essentially, like right in that area of Prague. And and uh, got to see a big mural there, shoot some of the video there. We went to the Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame. We got a statue there. And then, yeah, we took a cross-country trip all the way to LaRue, Ohio, where the Urang Indians played on this very obscure little field that we found there. But we found a marker and did some vlogs there. Went to the NFL Hall of Fame. He's got a statue right inside the entrance, which I think is cool. You know, it's really cool that the NFL acknowledges him as much as they do in that way. And got to see his bust up in the uh, hall where they have all the Hall of Fame busts of the players who are in the hall. And, uh, yeah, it was just an amazing trip. You know, we did music video all over the country. Went to Carlisle, Pennsylvania. That was pretty interesting. We had to go through this whole top flight security process getting into their campus there. But, yeah, we got to see some pretty cool things. Um, seen uh, Pop Warner's house that he lived in. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it just sounds like so, so amazing to, to, to just follow along in that journey. And only more significant now with earlier this year, that great news that uh, Jim Thorpe's gold medals uh, were reinstated. And he is now on the record books as the exclusive only gold medal winner from those 1912 Olympics. Paul, we got a caller on the line right now, Aaron. He's listening on KUYI in First Mesa in Arizona. Aaron, hello. Hey, Sean, what's up? So, how you been? I'm doing great, Aaron. Thanks for calling in. What do you have to say to Tall Paul? Uh, for Tall Paul, I want him to um to continue to make um um music to to put out to, for everybody to listen to. Um, maybe he can uh, go to um our um our website uh, um www.kyi.net and uh, so they can play his music and um and for him I want him to continue to um, to um, wrap up uh, um one of our quarterbacks theme is um Kyler Murray because he's the only thing because he got drafted in in um in you know, NFL and I want him to to, to continue and um so I want him to um, Rap rap about um Kyler Murray, so he's a good <laughs> number one um quarterback. So that's All right. why I, I want to have an album from him. Okay, Aaron, thank you for calling it. And I know that, that Paul is a big NFL fan as well. Not sure he's an Arizona Cardinals fan, but I know he's an NFL fan. And um, Wow, Paul, so uh, you got a big fan there in First Mesa, Arizona, and Aaron wants you to maybe uh, – spread out into some other raps about some, maybe some other NFL players. And you also mentioned uh, the radio station there, KUY. So tell us more about what all do you have planned for today's release and uh, what are some other plans? Are you, you going to be touring? And how can people get uh, listen to the music? Yeah, so uh, you can find the album at tallpaulhiphop.bandcamp.com. I can spell it out slowly. That's T-A-L-L-P-A-U-L. Hip hop, H I P H O P dot band camp, like a music band, so B A N D C A M P dot com, or else you can find it on all major streaming services like Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Title Music, things of that nature. So it's out on all those platforms. Um, I'm currently not touring or anything like that. I did have a couple of a couple of events that I was able to promote the album at this week. But uh, yeah, um, you know, with the uh, the pandemic and everything, you know, it just kind of I'm 
slowly recovering from that and starting to get some gigs booked and things of that nature. But yeah, just trying to get the album out there more than anything. You know, I just want people to hear this album. And, you know, definitely, like I, I think uh, Aaron mentioned, you know, uh, sending music to radio stations. If anybody wants to contact me online, I've actually been sending music out to the radio stations who've been in touch. And even uh, if people know of their local radio station and just want to come message it to me on Facebook or, you know, what have you, I'm glad to, you know, get that contact info and send the album to your local radio stations. And if anybody wants to book me for an event or anything like that, my schedule is, uh, you know, I'll try to make it, make it happen, you know, so I'm working on things in the next year already. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always booking. So, Well, folks, we're talking with, uh, Tall Paul today and his new album that dropped just earlier today, The Story of Jim Thorpe. If you want to talk with Tall Paul about his career, if you want to talk about native hip-hop or rap, if you want to talk football, if you want to talk Jim Thorpe, feel free. Give us a call. We'll talk about all that stuff. Football, Jim Thorpe, uh, just give us a call. Phone lines are open, 1-800-996-2848. Stay with us. More music and more with Tall Paul when we come back. Keshay, Eastern CMS, our health care coverage, and Tonitinana, we step behind a Tonan health, Ayu Pachiwa. Yam to Aqua Mosawa show up to Esat of Tonis Health Care Dagov in Awan and Taesat of Tonis 1 800 318 2596 and Pinan Aiken up to. Look at centers for Medicare and Medicaid services, Tonan Penanitu Lokanawe, Elaqua. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Still time to join our conversation with hip-hop artist Tall Paul about his new album, The Story of Jim Thorpe. You can join this conversation by calling in at 1-800-996-2848. 1-800-996-2848. And let's go back to the phones now. We have Emery listening on KSUT in Southern Colorado. Emery, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, Sean. I always listen. I enjoy listening to you. Uh, thank you for the program. Um, um, for Tall Paul, um, welcome, Tall Paul. I've been a longtime listener of you. Uh, started listening to you uh, several years ago when you had, um, um, gosh, what was the name of the song? Uh, Protect Your Spirit. Protect Your Spirit. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Protect your spirit. Yep. That's a good one. Yep. I love that song. And I heard that on the Canadian music program FX at the time. And I thought, you know, this guy is going to go a long ways. He's got great lyrics, great music potential. And I'm glad to hear you today um, being on Native America call in with a new um, uh, release of your music. And so I enjoy your music and I'm glad that you're up. Um, 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 presenting this music today. Emery, thanks for calling in with those kind words for, for Paul. And Paul, wow, uh, Southern Colorado, Arizona. Um, in the past, have you, have you traveled out to some of these other parts of Native America beyond Minnesota and, and met with fans and, and, and played shows? Yeah, yeah. So I, I did a show down in Albuquerque a few years back. Uh, that came to mind when, uh, when Aaron called in and you know, shout out to Kyler Murray. You know, he's a good quarterback. <laughs> and then uh, Emery, K- KSUT, said he was listening. And uh, so that, that's awesome. I was actually at their radio station, and I did a youth writing workshop. And 
and uh, actually we did a whole thing where we made made a song with them and music video and everything and we've done that two or three times at KSUT down in uh southern Colorado so that that's been an, a cool experience you know I go down there once in a while and may may go down there again next year in the coming year but yeah I I, I love Colorado love Arizona I love love the southwest in general and yeah go out there for sure Paul, let's listen to another track from the story of Jim Thorpe. Uh, this one is titled Never Again. And, and what do you want our listeners to know before we play the song? Yeah, so this song is called Never Again. And this is where I get into kind of like the board, boarding school origin story of like how uh, Richard Henry Pratt came up with the idea for boarding schools and instituted them within the country here. And, you know, it all started with some Native prisoners who were forced to go to Florida in Fort Marion, and that's where he got his idea of boarding schools. And it features an artist uh, by the name of Gunnar Jewell. Some of y'all may have heard of him. He's a really talented singer. Let's take a listen. Cut the hair off of nations, made them quit speaking, there's a lot of white man's language. 
suited and booted, teaching them mommy maneuvers, making them look like some American troopers. Jambo tactics of a man who usurps and uses them for his home improvements. Looted and rooted and booted from their home. Put on display as if a prattle unknown. He buffed and shot them as if they were diamonds, and that's how boarding schools became formed. Impressed upon his superiors that he could kill the Indian and save the men. They greenlit the whole operation. It all began at Fort Marion. More boarding schools were then carried in from Haskell Nations to Carlisle. Both will become gym stomping grounds where other native childs died all the while. We just heard Never Again. That is on the new album by Tall Paul, the story of, of Jim Thorpe. And Paul, a, another great track loaded with historical references and, and facts. And when I listen to that, I, I, I just feel so inspired because this is a whole new way to educate our young people uh, about this history of uh, our, our Native American experience. And um, who, who's your target audience for, for this music, Paul? Is, is it younger people? Is it older people? Is it specifically a Native audience? Are, are you looking to, to connect with all kinds of people everywhere? I'd say all kinds of people everywhere, you know. From the inspirational and motivational aspect, I think it's definitely more for, like, Native people in general, but especially maybe the youth who are coming up, you know, who may not feel represented in the media, but definitely also for all ages and for all people. But yeah, I just want more people in general to know about Jim Thorpe's legacy, you know, with like we're here, we're still here and uh, we're competent as ever. You know, you see native politicians like Deb Holland, you see uh, native actors like Martin Sensmeyer out there, native TV shows like Reservation Dogs, like we're just as capable as everybody else out there. And a lot of, you know, people need to understand that, especially within our own communities, because sometimes we deal with... Uh, lack of uh and you know we deal with things like low low self-esteem you know so we need to be reminded of how 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 great we can be and how great our ancestors and leaders have been and are you know paul are, are there other historical or even contemporary native figures you think would make good hip-hop uh, subjects oh yeah yeah one that comes to mind actually played football with uh with jim thorpe his, his name was joe guy and and he was a white earth Ojibwe athlete who was, people say, was just as athletic and talented as Jim Thorpe. He just didn't get as much notoriety. But he played on some of the same teams as Jim Thorpe. He played, I believe, with the Oorang Indians. And I think he played college football at Georgia Tech back in the 19, early 1900s. And he's uh, actually white earth Ojibwe, which I am partially, too. I'm, I'm from three tribes. Uh, I'm, I'm enrolled in Leech Lake, but I'm also part white earth and red lake as well. And those are these three tribes that kind of form a triangle up in northern Minnesota. But, yeah, so that's one person I would think about. Um, another one, uh, I mean, contemporary even, you know, contemporary people, obviously. You know, we got people out there now. There's a guy who's playing ball, I believe, for the Oklahoma City Thunder right now. Uh, I forget his name. I can't I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But that's big. Uh you know, you got Sony Shimmel, who was in the WNBA and, you know, won the rookie all-star game and everything. 
of mm-hmm. MVP. There's just a lot of people out there now. I think the representation is really getting strong now, you know, and we definitely have a lot of leaders who are worthy of recognition and, you know, having albums dedicated to them and so on. So, yeah, I think we're we're in a good time now for representation for our people. Well, Paul, another topic I, I want to touch on uh, before we have to wrap up the show is you're from Minneapolis. You were born and raised there, and it's no secret that, that Minneapolis has had a, a really illustrious uh, music scene for many years. I mean, it's home to Doomtree, P.O.S., Brother Ali, Atmosphere, and of course Lizzo, and then we can go kind of more my generation, old school. We have Prince and uh, Husker Du, and um, what was it like growing up there in that city of music with so much inspiration around you? It was amazing and a privilege, you know, uh, to be able to kind of get into a hip-hop scene here that was filled with so much talent. Like you said, you know, Doomtree, Brother Ali, and those guys, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're a little slightly before me, but, you know, just to be enveloped in, in the uh, community with uh, MCs of that caliber because even the people who aren't heard of here are very talented. Um, it, it, it made me strengthen my pain game that much more and just, you know, my performance skills and everything. So, yeah, it was it was a blessing to grow up in a city with such musical history and talent to just be wrapped in that and uh, also supported by that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, anytime I meet somebody who grew up in Minneapolis, I always have to ask them, uh, I'm going to ask you the same question, Paul. Do you have a cool story of meeting Prince at some point? No, I don't. I, I never got a chance to meet Prince, but uh, my mom had a story where she, uh, before he he before he got famous, she used to see him on the city bus, and then once he got famous, she was like one of his biggest fans at the time. So she kind of told me about that. She would see him on the city bus quite quite often. Very cool, very cool. And Paul, another aspect of of your work is is you do a lot of outreach with youth, and you do workshops, and you facilitate programs. Tell us about that. Yeah. So. Uh, the the main the main point of it is expression you know because expression is so important uh native youth and just youth in general need to know how to express themselves in healthy and creative ways so that they don't internalize any negative feelings you know because i remember going up and not having any form of expression and you know that expression sometimes comes out in negative or harmful ways and so so it's important to channel the uh expression of youth through creative means such as songwriting or singing or poetry or even, you know, just free writing, maybe writing in, they, they could write a nonfiction story, short story or something like that, you know, just coming up with different ways to engage the youth. And that's what I do. And uh, sometimes I'll collaborate with other, you know, people like film producers and such who can make films with them or, you know, we'll get recording equipment and make songs. So that's kind of the gist of what I do is, uh, creative writing workshops, hip-hop workshops, and just um, any kind of workshop that brings out positive, creative expression for youth, you know, doesn't necessarily limit them, but, uh, you know, we try to focus on um, encouraging them to speak their minds and, you know, to, you know, express themselves freely so that they can feel supported. And, yeah, so so that that's the gist of what we do is uh, workshops, or that's just what I do, and sometimes I do with others, is just workshops around youth expression and, uh, you know, letting their voices be heard, you know, giving them a chance to have the spotlight. And some, some youth are slow to grasp on, you know, they may, may be more shy, but we are eventually able to 
get that expressive side out of them, and some some uh, just are lit up by it right away. Now, Paul, you're an independent artist, no label, um, and you put this together uh, on your own. But the cover art—you've got a photographer, you've got a graphic artist, uh, some good work. Tell us about those folks that helped you with that. Yeah, so Mercy's May, he uh, he he did the photography for the cover art and the track list. Um, actually, both of those photos on the album and the track list are from my visit at the Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame and the Jim Thorpe Museum. It's all all in one building, and the and so he took he did the photography, and then the graphic design was done by my friend Mike Jordan. He's actually also an uh, Anishinaabe hip hop artist uh, from the Turtle Mountain Band of Ojibwe up in uh, I think North Dakota. Yeah, so he did the graphic design, and Mercy's Made did the photography. Very cool, and um, I, you know, a, a big part of of your of the album that really came across to me was this: um, you know, your concern and, and your wish that that he didn't receive the notoriety that a lot of these modern athletes have received. He didn't make the big, you know, multi million dollar paydays that we see. He wasn't doing endorsement deals and commercials. Um, and, and you lament that fact, but at the same time, I, I think we have to acknowledge, Paul, that um, maybe Jim Thorpe, you know, didn't make millions of dollars, but here it is. It's been more than 100 years since the Olympics and, and, and Carlisle and, and the NFL, and yet we're still talking about him. We're still talking about him. We're still celebrating him. And um, it's because of you, Paul, that, that I think a whole new generation of young Native people are going to know the story of Jim Thorpe. And I just want to thank you again for gifting us with that information because, by all means, Jim Thorpe is, is, is one of our greatest heroes, and we need to celebrate him for, for a long, long time to come. Paul, thank you again. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show and you know, being able to share that story about him. Well, folks, unfortunately, that is the end of our hour. We're going to have to wrap things up with Tall Paul. But uh, I want to thank him again for joining us to share the story of Jim Thorpe. The album drops today. Join us next week for another lineup of conversations about indigenous issues and topics. Our executive producer is Art Hughes. Our producers are Andy Murphy and Sol Traverso. Marino Spencer is the engineer. Show McPollin is the digital producer. Nola Daves-Moses is the distribution director. Bob Peterson is the network manager for Native Voice One. Clifton Chadwick is our national underwriting sales director. Antonia Gonzalez is the anchor for National Native News. Charles Sather is our chief operations officer. The president and CEO of Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation is Jacqueline Salee. I'm your host, Sean Spruce. Have a safe weekend. This Native American Heritage Month, remember one in three Native American adults have high blood pressure. Check it at your nearest community health center. If the numbers are above 120 over 80, talk to a health care professional. Native community well-being is very important. You can take action by visiting heart.org slash hbpcontrol. This support provided in partnership with HHS slash OMH and HRSA under cooperative agreements CPIMP 211227 and CPIMP 211228.
Are you a Native American healthcare provider, recovery counselor, social worker, domestic and sexual abuse advocate, or traditional healer working in Native American communities? Dr. Ruby Gibson will begin a six-month advanced immersion in healing historical trauma. This online masterclass looks through the lens of a seven-generational recovery approach to provide powerful, proven modalities and is offered tuition-free to tribal members. Registration deadline is March 24, 2023. Info at freedomlodge.org who support this show. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.